podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. We're at the Old Bailey, joined by John, <laughs> joined by John Rawlin. Um, you've had a busy day. How was uh, the Warrington Galahad press conference? Um, it was lively, to say the least. Uh, they had a bit of a go at each other, and uh, the crowd were vociferous. Obviously, very pro Josh. The drugs issue, the ban against uh, against Barry, against Kid Galahad was was discussed, and uh, people aren't going to let that lie. And there was a lot of uh, toing and throwing between the two of them. Dominic England, Shauna Hagen, two trainers got involved as well. It was a, a feisty old press conference. Of course, uh, before the Selby fight and the Frampton fight, Josh Warrington was the underdog, less so in the Frampton fight, but still a lot of people picked Frampton. He obviously goes into this as the favourite. Um, how much of a chance do you give Kid Galahad, though? Well, you can't disregard him because he's a decent fighter, and I think that uh, I think that Josh knows that. But rightly, Warrington goes into this as the favourite because those two fights, those two wins in 2018, have st- established him pretty much at the top of the tree. He may not be the best featherweight in the world, but there's certainly an argument that he could be, and uh, I think that justifiably, he's a fairly strong favourite to this one. After the uh, Frampton fight, Frank Warren and Josh Warren were very vocal in wanting either Santa Cruz or Valdez to unify over in America. Of course, the mandatory land of them, uh, IBF are very strict. Is there any chance you think Team Warrington will be looking over uh, Kid Galahad? I don't think so. I think they're sufficiently professional to, uh, to not do that. I mean, everybody knows that Josh would rather have fought in America. He'd rather have been uh, over there against one of the two people you mentioned. Uh, but uh, I, I, think, I think they're sufficiently professional. He, he looks as though he's getting into pretty good shape now. They, they're, they're, obviously, both of them have probably got a little bit of weight to lose, but the, both of them are looking good. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think he's going to give it all away now, particularly in front of his own fans. I think he's going to be a big favourite, and I think as ever he will be absolutely bang up for it. Just lastly on this one, you said it was a very fiery press conference. I'm sure the uh, the whole drugs thing with Kid Galahad was mentioned. Um, what's your stance, John, on people who fail tests before, but then have sort of become clean, done their time, etc., like Kid Galahad? Well, it's according to the rules of the sport, isn't it? If you've done your time and served a ban, then, yeah, I suppose as the regulations stand, you should be allowed to continue. Personally, I feel uncomfortable about it because I know from my involvement in, uh, in athletics as well as in boxing that once you've used performance-enhancing drugs, particularly uh, of the anabolic, anabolic steroid variety uh, that uh, Barry was charged with, um, that the, the, the effects of that stay in the body for a long time. And I think there's a, there is a persuasive argument, I think, that if you get caught for those sorts of performance-enhancing drugs, that you, should be, that you should be excluded, excluded from the sport, because it's a, it is a dangerous sport. But having said that, everybody makes mistakes in life. You know, you and I among them. You do things which you'd regret, and you don't want to be judged by them forevermore. Uh, Barry's been clean now for, for five years. He says he's been tested regularly in that time. And uh, he says he will go to the fight 100% clean. I think that's a fair point that everyone in their life has uh, 
done something that they regret. Anyways, moving on, we're here today actually uh, for Mark Prince. Um, how familiar are you with his story? Very, very. He was, a, he was a good fighter back in the day. He won belts with the IBF and the WBO. Uh, not full world titles, but he wasn't far off, and he was a very, very respected fighter. His son, Kyan, was a promising young footballer on the books as a junior with Queen's Park Rangers, and he was murdered at the age of 15 outside a school in Edgware where he was attending, trying to break up a fight, a play fight. A lad got him round the neck in a headlock, stabbed him with a penknife, and that was the end of his life. He was a role model to his friends, much loved by his family. And the boy who did it, a 17-year-old, was ultimately, after three, after three trials, convicted of murder in a court not far away from where we're standing now. And ever since then, Mark, well, I think a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of men, confronted with that, one way or another, might go off the rails or certainly become vengeful, angry, unable to get to grips with what had happened. What he's actually done in the ensuing 13 years, 12 years, is dedicate his entire life to spreading an awareness through inner city communities, particularly here in London, of the dangers of knife crime. And the OBE that he's received today, his investiture at Buckingham Palace, is in recognition of that work which he's done tirelessly you know he was, he was a hell of a fighter but i think the fight he's involved in now is infinitely more important and a tougher fight than anything that he's been involved with before and he's communicating with these kids getting the message across thousands upon thousands have been spoken to by him and uh, he, I, I think what he does absolutely deserves huge credit and the fact that there's a big crowd of people coming along here now to support him and what he does with his charitable foundation i think speaks volumes and i hope he gets i hope it raises plenty of money and i hope it really is a boost because the guy deserves it well with everything going on especially in london right now in terms of knife crime it's probably the best time to have this um to speak out and etc and uh yeah he he got his obe so Hopefully he, he carries on getting recognised and uh, can put some sort of solution to this madness going on. 132 people were murdered last year in London. Knife crime is endemic throughout society. There's been a, a, re, a review, uh, a study done into young people in inner city areas in London and it's concluded that as many as 29% of them might be carrying a knife at any one time, which is a frightening, frightening statistic. If you carry a knife, then there's the possibility that you will use it. And until people recognise that, the problem's going to persist. But people like Mark, brilliant sportsman, going out into the community, speaking about the fact that there is another life, there is another way. You don't have to defend yourself by carrying a knife. The fact that he's prepared to do that, I think, is just fantastic. And uh, he deserves support. And I really, really hope that the young people who he talks to, I hope they're listening. Absolutely. Just the last one, John. Um, some breaking news. Deontay Wilder, uh, Dominic Brazil has been announced on Showtime. I'm sure you'd have seen the sort of figures that were being chucked uh, to Wilder from his own. He's rejected, reportedly, a $100 million offer for free fights. Um, yeah, your sort of reaction to that? Um, well, I'm not surprised he's not gone with the uh, zone. I think he's uh, he's decided to go where he's at, uh, and and they will plough their own furrow. I think I think he's going to beat. 
I think he's going to win this fight. Uh, and, and then he's going to be in a stronger position later in the year to, I would imagine, be most likely to go for a rematch with Tyson Fury. I think the Anthony Joshua thing, you know, it could happen somewhere down the line. Likewise, Dillian White. But I think that Tyson Fury against Wilder in a rematch remains the strongest possibility. Can you see why some people might be frustrated with Wilder, the fact that Joshua's on his own um, and he's been chucked these huge sums of money at him and he's rejected it? People are hoping that Wilder would go to his own so the Joshua fight would be more likely? Well, you know, I mean, I don't know the truth of the figures which are mentioned. I don't know whether it's just hot air or whether it's a realistic, tangible, uh, credible offer which has been made. Um, you know, I mean, all we know from the outside looking in is what we're told and different people are telling us different things. You seem pretty confident that the uh, Fury Wilder rematch will happen this year, though. Well, it was such a good fight first time around. Uh, that's why I think it's going to happen. And I think that uh, the longer you delay it, the more you face the possibility that one or both gets beaten. And I think, it, it, as ever in boxing, it's uh, the most the wisest thing you can do is strike while the iron is hot. Well, let's hope uh, Wilder gets through Brazil and Fury gets forever who he's fighting and they can get it on. Anyways, John Rawlin, thank you very much for talking to IFL TV and uh, we'll catch up soon. Cheers, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast, sponsored by William Hill, in association with Lonsdale MTK Global. Sports Social Podcast Network.